Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. New U.S. sanctions on Iran took effect today. Six months after President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the international nuclear deal. The sanctions targeted shipping, financial, and energy sectors all key to the country's already struggling economy. Bombs, which the FBI referred to as improvised explosive devices, were sent to the FBI's bomb laboratory in Quantico, Virginia. We're in Mexico again tonight as thousands of migrants try to find a faster way to the U.S. border. The White House says it's now getting help from the Mexican Breaking news out of Pittsburgh, the man accused in the shooting at the uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh is pleading not guilty, and he also wants a jury trial because he's facing a 44 counsel. In the final seconds before the Boeing 737 MAX crashed into the water, it was traveling at more than 500 kilometers an hour. All 189 people on board were killed. You've now entered the House of Mystery. Crime, conspiracy, history, and science. With your hosts, Al Warren, Mike Brown, Julie Saab, Michael Butterfield, Dr. Joseph Yusinski, and Michael Hawley. Heard on KCAA 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 105.0 AM Palm Springs. Lucy, I'm home. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm at the controls, Al Warren. And co-hosting today, we've got Eric Shapiro. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, how are you doing, Al? Good to be back. How is the Bay Area? Uh, it's going pretty well, but we're uh, I feel like we're at the uh, bad end of the curve in terms of being vaccinated. Um, I, you know, we were early to shelter in place, but it seems like we're very slow to get our shots. I'm starting to feel like I'm the only person I know that doesn't have one. So, wow, I did. I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't hear that. I, I like I said, you know, I got my shot yesterday, the first. Yeah. Night. And uh, how are how are you feeling? Well, it was a rough night. It's the yeah. AstraZeneca. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you can only they they don't give it to you if you're old, older than sixty five, I think. Oh, so they made a mistake with you. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, so so they did it, but like I said, it was fine. I got it at two o'clock, and and it wasn't yeah. until about one in the morning it woke me up, and you feel like you got the cold, uh, you know, you got the chills and a headache and mm. all that. So, did, but did, did that come and go? 
Yeah, yeah, and it got lighter each time. It came in waves for about three, four okay. hours. But they okay. warned me that that would happen. That would happen. Oh, okay, good, good. Um, well, I'm glad you got it. Yeah, we were, you know, California is very overregulated, and there's like 50-plus health uh, health departments and divisions. They all have to get coordinated, so it's a total nightmare. So uh, little by little, people are getting their appointments. Well, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, I hear she's running for the mayor, recall. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things yeah, can yeah. only get better. <laughs> you can only get better, yeah. Hopefully uh, she'll straighten it out. Yeah, yeah, get Kanye yeah. West in there and he'll fix yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what we need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, today we've got uh, an author that... Uh, how do you, I'm not sure. This is a mystery book, but it's a little bit special, I think. So we'll, we'll talk to her about it. It's called All That Shines, and it's the Glitter Bay Mystery Book 2. Diane Bader, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, guys. Ah, so what, what would you consider this book? Because I know it's, it's kind of the story. So is it? do you just consider this crime fiction, or is there something else? It's actually a cozy mystery. And okay. Cozy mysteries are, you know, kind of the small town, J.D. Fletcher, murder she wrote, that sort of thing. Is that something you've always been interested in yourself, and that's why you got into writing it, or is it just out of the blue for you? Um, I started off writing different things, and then I actually entered a contest years ago, and it was to write a mystery story, and I won the contest. Oh, so. Nice. I kind of found my niche. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. With uh, with cozies, can you explain to me what, what is, because uh, I've actually as an editor worked on a couple, but I never quite understood, aside from the tone, which is self-explanatory because they're cozy, they feel nice, they're sort of warm. Like, What are the restrictions? Like they don't get terribly violent or sexual or like there's sort of, there's sort of an innocence about them. How, how would you explain it? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the crime usually occurs off, out of scene, so people don't actually witness it. There's usually not mm -hmm. a huge amount of blood, guts, and gore all over. Um, very minimal swearing. It's usually small mm -hmm. town, amateur detective, mm -hmm. and, and just a bit of a sense of humor about them. Right, right. So there's a playfulness. So it's like, uh, so there's almost an irony, even though there's a murder mystery at the center and there's this sense of mortality, there's something, there's, there's almost like, with the attitude of it, it's almost like a firewall. It's not that serious. It's sort of meant to be a fantasy. Exactly. It's wow. more of an escape than uh, an escape. in your face. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, what was it that drew you to that? I mean, aside from the contest, like, I, I guess the better way of asking is, what drew you to write that for the contest? You know, actually, it was a murder mystery contest, so okay. I had never considered writing one until I had to do that one. So uh, Okay, and what, what made it appealing? Like, what, what made you feel that like you could jump in and get the tone and all that stuff? I grew up on the Hardy Boys, on um, Lillian Braun Jackson, on all of these different authors who they told, they had these great mysteries, but it wasn't... It was lighthearted. It was like an, a nice mm. read. Although I've also read a lot of Stephen King and a lot of Dean Coons and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, it, that just appealed to me to have that lighter, uh, more of an escape kind of mentality. Yeah, there's something nice about it. There's something relaxing about the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Al, what do you, are you drawn to that, Al? Do you have a place in your heart for that, or you would prefer something that's more intense? 
You know, I don't. I'm interested yeah. in it lately because of all the interviews. Um, yeah. It seems very alien to me because, you know, I've always, I'm, I'm very structured. I've always done nonfiction. And, yeah. And to, to, to cross over seems hard, especially in cases like where you get your, 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 um, characters from so so diane so your characters in the story how do you develop them and where do they come from um this book in particular has been kind of fun because i've started off the series the first book is two sisters who are running a vintage clothing store this book in particular one of the characters is my first transgender character and and I treated her with kid gloves and, you know, because of the genre for one, but because I didn't want to step on any toes. But the person that it was modeled, that uh, Quinn was modeled after, I actually met in person and, and her, or my reactions were kind of instilled in my characters going, wait, wait, what? <laughs> you're, you're a woman, but you sound like a man and you have, okay. So, it took me back to when I met my friend who has actually read the book and I still have her copy sitting here waiting for her. But it just fascinated me, the whole thought that someone is one thing inside and from all appearances looks like something else. Mm. And I just, I tried to treat it as nicely as I could without you know, kind of, like I said, stepping on toes and making anybody feel bad, but at the same time, bringing up this character who is larger than life and will be back. <laughs> so, so it's important to you that you're involved with your character. So you gotta, you kind of know it from personal experience. Like, so you take your own experience of meeting this person who's your friend and writing that experience into the book. Sometimes I do. Sometimes the characters just come from out of my head. But as I said, this this woman just fascinated me. And, and as I followed her journey, it was just she inspired me. And I just had to share that with everybody. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, but, but so what kind of when you're putting these characters together, do you have a... Um, you know, you obviously have a storyline and, and a murder going on, but is there a subtext amongst these characters that you have written into the book? There's all kinds of little relationships between different characters, like love-hate kind of things. Um, one character in the last book that started out, he's now widowed and has taken up with the local gossip columnist, so... You know, they kind of they kind of wander off and do their own things, which is kind of fun sometimes. So, in a way, um, okay. So, from a nonfiction guy to to, to this area, this is almost like a um, uh, I don't want to say soap opera, but sort of a um, I don't know how you describe that, like a drama, true to life sort of drama going on amongst people. Like I think of Peyton Place. Um, that dates me, but I think of something where you got a lot of people within a town and areas, businesses and relationships and stuff like this, and then you have a murder. Yeah, it can be for sure. Like if you if you look at uh, Murder She Wrote, like the series, they, the the books are still ongoing, and it's 
even though it's the murder, she solves the murder, in the background, there's still the relationships between her and the local sheriff and her and the local doctor. And, you know, while they're not really built upon, they're still there. Right. And uh, in Murder, She Wrote, it changes every single time, right? It's always a different setting. And, uh, and, she, and she, she inhabits or embodies a different character, right? No? Um, not necessarily. Some of oh, it okay. is, yeah, it's just her life as a writer and she goes through, but sometimes they do shows from the point of view of her characters or along those lines. Oh, got it. I always thought yeah. it was Angela Lansbury. I knew she was the writer. I always thought it was like Quantum Leap, like every episode she was in some different landscape. Got it. <laughs> um, is the town, so as part of the cozy genre, is that, in addition to what you're saying about the relationships, is that town generally part of the genre too like like you're saying that it's fun because you got the gossip columnist you got the widow the widower like is that a, a, an ingredient that that is important as well oh absolutely the town yeah. becomes a character at some points as well and in your particular story from what i was reading about it before we got on and also from the title it seems so there's an element of fashion correct quinn who we are introduced to is actually a fashion designer so okay. there, there becomes this whole herd of fashion designers who are after something that come to this okay. small town in Oregon. And, <laughs> uh, and part of the story as well isn't just about the wardrobes and the designs and the fashion. And part of it is the main character, Sage, is, becomes her time to shine as well. So the title kind of has a few meanings. So when you said okay. small, small town in Oregon, so do you do you actually um, create this town as a character that is taken from a real town, or do you, like how do you develop that? Do you go to some place and pick up the vibes from a town and kind of make that into your into your character? I have done that before. Normally, a lot of the towns that I have. A couple of them are based very loosely on real towns. Um, this one in particular started as a series for a publisher in California, and they kind of had the rough idea for the town. So I kind of borrowed their part of their idea and tweaked it. So it's really not a real town. It was just completely fictionalized from the start. But there is... Um, one of my series, um, it's called, um, oh, I have to think, sorry, <laughs> Hilda Wright Mysteries is based in a little place called Sandstone Cove, and it actually is based on a real town on the shores of Lake Erie that I found the perfect kind of setting I wanted, and I kind of took a map and folded the town in half, <laughs> which sounds kind of funny, but... And it worked perfectly because it had exactly what I was looking for, the marina, the beach, the lighthouse. It, it just fit beautifully. Who's your favorite character in this book? In All That Shines, I'm going to say Quinn. I absolutely adore her. And, and so why is that? Is it something about the person itself that you've created, or is it um, – I'm, I'm trying to figure that out because – um, I hear a lot of fiction writers, they they comment or talk about their characters, and some consider them like their kids, and some are like their family. I hear all these things, and I and it just it seems really bizarre to me. 
So, <laughs> you know, but I, I get it. You know, it works. But um, so what are your characters to you? Writers are lonely. We yeah. use them as our friends. <laughs> I guess. I think Quinn, for me, because she started off, at the beginning of the book, she starts off kind of living her life small because somebody around her is holding her back. And as she is able to reveal her own personality and become herself, she drags Sage along with her. And to me, it's just kind of one of those, one of those opportunities where we can just kind of jump out of expectations and just, she can be herself. So it's that strength in that character that you've written. So Quinn can be herself. Is that something that you aspire to be, or do you, do, do you know what I'm saying? Is that sort of something that you're proud of with yourself, maybe? It, I think it's more something I'm trying to be. <laughs> to be. <laughs> um, I mean, so right now working from home and just kind of not being able to do what the things I want to do, it's kind of hard to just be able to jump out and and just be. So, yeah, definitely. I didn't plan that when I was writing it, but obviously that was in my mind. Right. Yeah, it works out in your book. So in a way, you're kind of working out some of your own inner feelings in your book. Yeah, um, apparently. <laughs> well, yes. Well, that, that's, that brings up another thing, you know. So when you, when you do uh, put so much of yourself in there and, and things like this come out where it's kind of a part of who you are, you're, you're kind of um, – exposing yourself you're sort of letting yourself be a little bit vulnerable to readers where does that courage come from that you feel you can do that sometimes you don't even think about it like you just kind of you put yourself in the place of the characters and you just write a character um i did a great um session this weekend and it was to write a 10-minute monologue about a character. And you just free flow, free writing off the top of your head. And it was really cool because things were just coming up that whether they're me or they're not me, it just created this really great character. So even things that might come across, you think, oh, boy, this author's got some problems. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> sometimes, it's just, sometimes it's just things that come out that aren't necessarily things that the writer's struggling with. It's just things that, you know, other people we've come across in our travels and, you know, things other people are dealing with that we're trying to work out in our own heads. That's interesting. Well, if you, yeah, if you want to read one of Eric's books, and then you'll know. Yeah, yeah, that somebody is troubled. Yeah, yeah. I always think of it, I mean, not, I'm not trying to aggrandize, myself based on what Al's saying, but this was the next thing I was going to say regardless of uh, myself. I think it's always generous of writers to be open and vulnerable in that way. I think it, uh, because like uh, like you were saying, you know, uh, writers are lonely. I think people in general experience loneliness and if a writer is vulnerable, even if you go to the strange or awkward or dark places, I think it alleviates the reader's loneliness. For sure. I agree. Wow. Uh, is um wait Sage is your protagonist and Quinn is your favorite? Is which one is transgender? I'm sorry, I lost track. Quinn is Quinn, and that's your favorite character. And uh, yeah. I'm I'm always curious about that myself because I also I've made a living as a ghostwriter and speechwriter for a lot of my life, 
And early on in my journey, even when I was a kid, I was aware of this, but in the course of ghostwriting, it became acutely um, palpable, is that I realized on the inside, in my interior world, I don't feel a very strong sense of gender. And I discussed this with my wife in the last couple of days. I was like, where are you with that? And she feels she feels very strongly feminine. And I feel very strongly e either which way. Like, you know, I like being a guy, and I enjoy it, and I enjoy all that comes with it, but... On the inside, it's not really it's not really a major consideration. And I was curious how that was for you in terms of um, writing Quinn, who's transgender. If you were if you were tapping sort of your own feelings about how gender can be flexible, or how there's an openness and, and, and a freedom around that. Absolutely. I mean, as writers, we write from male or female perspectives or other. Yeah. Right? So right, right. You have yeah. to have that flexibility to be able to think outside the proverbial box and to be able to put ourselves in those different roles to be able to write that character. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, that's sort of like and a lot of Al's questions get to the same sort of ideas. That in a way, to get to the spirit of the character, in, in a lot of levels, it trans transcends gender. So to have a, a transgender character is, is a beautiful thing in that way where you can you make your way through to another state of consciousness. Absolutely. But also um, bring, I was going to say, ahead. it also brings up, like, when, you, when you're writing about this, and you were saying this earlier, you touched off about having to be very careful and not to step on toes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Does that actually change, then, kind of the outcome of your story? Do you have to be so careful? Because of, you know, the, the cancel kind of culture that goes on, um, you know, people could catch on to something you might say, or do or write, and all of a sudden, uh, people are disowning you. To, you know? <laughs> so, is there, is there, do you do you have to? So, I guess it's on your mind when you write. It is, especially writing cozy mysteries. You yeah. just kind of have to be that little bit more socially aware with that kind of genre. Um, one day, I may break out and do something a little more riskier <laughs> like a little more mystery thriller that kind of thing right and i think there's a little more flexibility in those genres than there would be in the cozy mystery right so you're saying in the context of a cozy this is something that's a little more radical to have yeah. a tr a tr but on the other hand um in addition to what i was saying because that crossed my mind too uh what you're doing by having a, a major transgender character is you're representing that sort of person, which is a positive thing, which is uh, favorable to the, the current culture, uh, where it can get mixed up is within the representation itself, like Al's saying, if uh, you know, somebody perceives that you stepped wrong. But it sounds like in your case, uh, you were very conscious. And, and I think it's all about motive and intention, or at least ideally it should be coming from a place of, yeah, let's, let's you know, shed light here, let's represent, let's be loving. And, uh, and that, I mean, to my mind, that can only be positive. Oh, absolutely. That's And that was totally my intention, is just to shed the light. I mean, I have lots of friends and family who are transgender, so it's just, mm. it's something it's I'm still putting my, you know, still, I'm trying to sort out in my own head. So that kind of yeah. helped me along on the way and following their journeys just was really interesting for me. Yeah, that, that is, it's an interesting thing, and Al and I have talked about it before, because where history is going, a lot of people are very rigid and inflexible around the idea of gender, and they become, they really dig their heels in on that point, 
Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, um, on the left side of the spectrum, it seems clear that things are potentially moving in a direction uh, culturally and society-wide where, uh, you know, a multiplicity of genders is more natural. Like, it's more, it's less uh, cut and dry than we, we hypnotized ourselves into believing for all these years, which to me is very, is liberating. Um, but it can't, yeah, but it is, it can potentially become a delicate subject. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah there's a, there seems to be a lot of anger um, behind it. Uh, that's the uh, yeah. For, well, for people that can't accept, can't accept yeah. uh, anything yeah. outside the norm. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's sort of unusual. I'm not sure where that anger comes from. Um, it surprises me sometimes. You know. Yeah, it's mystifying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now your your victim, the person that gets murdered, is that someone you know? Someone you really like to have murdered in life, or? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that was just a completely made-up character. I have had one of those situations, but, uh, yeah, I'll never tell. No, the very first fiction, yeah, keep that off the record, yeah. Yeah, no, the very first fiction writer I interviewed was J.D. Horn, and he said that he used to kill off people he didn't like. You know, it could be from the service person at the, at the grocery store to someone cutting in online. He would take that character and kill them in one of his books. So I, I found that fascinating. So I... Um, I never go shopping with him. And, <laughs> and I not either. No, and then so then I start asking other authors. And it's like, well, so do you, is there someone that, that kind of inspired that person that gets murdered in your life or someone you've seen even on TV or something? It's just, it, wow. it, see, it's all a new character. It's a new idea for me. So that's why I ask these types of questions. So, I mean, I, I know you weren't asking me, Al, but I'm so uh, superstitious. I don't think I, I've ever killed anybody i know in, in fiction i like i i i'm the type that would think it would happen to them it would be my fault so i'm like yeah let me just stay away from all of that yeah i'm with you on that one Eric. <laughs> i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a really bad seventies uh, right, detective right. series like Barnaby <laughs> Jones or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> it'd be like do, you man? know, and and the guy that writes them, that Lee Goldberg, and he's been on quite a few. We talked to him lots, and he's he writes all the he's written all those shows for years. Uh, the, and it's he uses the same stories over and over again, right? Um, but I just it's funny to hear all these people that he kills off. But, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. What is it you want people to get out of this book? So when someone picks up this book, uh, you know, the, all that sh- shines, um, and they take it home and read it, wh- what is it you hope they take away? You know, I just, I write to entertain, and I don't always put in a lesson, but I know with all that shines, it's just, you know, be who you are inside. And that that's the one thing that I, I know I've taken away from that book is just dig deep and follow your dreams. That's what I said. And that's also, to my mind, the way I perceive it, because I'm not so into the fashion world, but I've always perceived, you know, the, um, the sense of pride and esteem that goes with that world is very consistent with what you just said. I mean, in terms of just being dynamic and being fabulous and, you know, just expressing yourself through the way you appear in the world. So it seems like you chose a really perfect sort of social milieu to express that. Well, thank you. So where are you going to go with this series? This is book two. Do you, so you're obviously planning quite a few books then? Um, I'm, right now I'm like... One more, for sure, <laughs> and then we'll see how that yeah. one goes. Maybe two. And then I have a feeling Quinn's going to end up having her own uh, book or two to tell her story. So, oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. It's a spin-off series. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I, I find this another, another part of this writing to be very interesting. When I'm doing um, the true crime books, of course, you try to meet as many members of the family, of the you know the victims, the the murderer, and all that. You try to put together a whole scenario of people and how they interact. So you you must be doing the same thing with your with your cozy uh, town and all of the people that that go amongst themselves and their relationships. But over a period of books, um, it must be difficult to maintain everyone's um, place, so to speak. I don't know. If Sometimes, makes... yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I have to go back. Um, my, I used to work with an agent who was in Virginia, and um, she gave me this great sheet for characters, and that we would send to her when we would send her a book. And I keep one for every new book, and it just helps me keep track of the character, what they look like, how they talk, um, what their role in the story was, um, what their occupation, the name of their job, you know, those kind of things. So it's it's a great idea, especially if you're writing a mystery series or any kind of series, just to keep those key notes just in in a file or somewhere close at hand so when you're writing or when you're editing more like you can go through and just double check all those 
Hmm. Well, do you ever go back to your older books and read and read them again and kind of try to figure out if you would change them? Funny enough, um, my Gilda Wright series I had published originally with um, a publisher in California, and then she kind of did some changing up, and I got the rights back to the whole series. And that's exactly what I did. I went through the three books, head to toe, we did new covers, the whole bit, and then I actually have a publisher here in Canada who published them, and we've been going crazy since. I'm actually working on a new one for August that will be coming out. So. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Um, so you're just moving around. Well, California, they're dangerous down there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Approach with caution, right? You, just, yeah. you never know what they're going to do, you know. <laughs> so what inspires you in writing? Um, what what kind of gives you uh, the flame? I just, I've always loved to tell stories. I've, you know, and uh just when I think I'm finishing a book and I'm going to take a break, no. Then by the time I get from my office down the hall to the living room, I have a new idea. So it's just, it's one of those ongoing things that my mind, that's just the way my brain works, is it's constantly telling me stories. Yeah, you're hearing voices, right? I'm hearing voices. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, as long as they don't it's okay, have... okay, it's the running uh, joke in my house. <laughs> yeah, well, start doing weird things, you know. It's... So uh, how do you know when your story's done? I ask that because, um, again, as uh, being fiction, how do you know when when you're going to end it? It's funny because I've been working on one now for a year and a half, and it just never feels done. Mm. It, it just feels like there's something more that needs to be there, yet I'll work on another book. I've written two books in between there, and I can always see it's just kind of instinctual when they're done. You know, when the, the story goes from beginning, middle, end, and it flows and it works, then I'm done. Is the one that's taking longer a mystery? It is a mystery. And okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure why it's taking me so long and so tough to do this one, but... Okay. So it's not the inevitability. Because I would, I would figure within a mystery, I, I'm kind of allergic to the word formula, but there's some, you know, eventually it's going to get solved. So, yeah. uh, but, but why do you feel that, that uh, the solution or resolution is eluding you in that one or might be? Well, it's, it's written and it's resolved. There's just, I'm not... 100% sure why I'm not comfortable with it yet. Mm -hmm. I've got one more good edit I'm going to do, and if <laughs> I'm just going to send it out and see what happens because uh, okay. there's nothing yeah. more I can do on it. <laughs> right, so it. It's hitting a note you're not used to. You're like, huh, is this full enough? Is this there? Or maybe Absolutely. yes. You'll find yeah. out. Do you ever want to write with another person, another author? I actually, I am. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I have a friend who, you know, he's in his 60s. He wants to leave his legacy, so he's writing a book. So he gives me the Coles notes, and I write out the book. So it's a slow process, but um, it's kind of fun. You know, it's a fantasy, so it's something I'm not really used to, but I'm learning very quickly how to write a fantasy novel. 
Oh, nice. Well, I mean, that's that's the good thing, right? You know, where you kind of go through it. And um, would you ever co-author with someone, but as in uh, writing a story with someone rather than kind of a memoir? For sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so you're pretty open. You know what? I if it's a great, you know, if we work well together and it's a great story, why not like put in another great story to the world? Yeah, yeah, you can get into horror there, and, and right with Eric here, right? He's, he's, he's uh, yeah. What, what what Al is really doing is trying to uh, set something up. But. Oh, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. No, no, no. I'm just no. I'm always just prodding. Um, <laughs> but what, yeah, Diane? How do you do it when you're co-writing? Like, what do you do? You pass it back and forth. Is there a lot of brainstorming? Like, what is what does the process look like? Well, the person I'm writing this book with, he's it's his book. So he is okay. writing, like I said, he kind of gives me Cole's notes. So he'll write out a few pages of notes per chapter. And then I'll flesh it out and give it to him when I'm finished. And he's still working on the book part itself. So I just kind of put my hands up and go, okay, whenever the next chapter comes, I'll work on it. So. Oh, nice. And, and it seems like that seems very productive, like it. It moves well, and then, of course, when he gets the chapter back, it seems like he's pleased with what you're doing, and it keeps flowing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, nice, yeah. Because that can go, that can easily, because I've ghostwritten for so many people and edited. In so many cases, that can easily go the other way. I think it's all tied up in you guys having a degree of shared intuition about it. That's it, yeah. yeah. Well, what would you say to someone that is uh, newer to writing? <laughs> They're considering writing a book and doing, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Actually, right now I'm sort of mentoring a couple different people. So it, it's just write what you love. Make sure you find a good editor. <laughs> That's so important. <laughs> yeah. And don't give up because, you know, you might just come up with something really wonderful. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of the reviews or the noise around you isn't necessarily – you shouldn't focus on that, right? No, there's – I hate to say it, but there's so many trolls out there. I, mm. You know, you constantly get these one stars, and people that give you the one stars haven't even looked at your book. They couldn't tell you what it was about. They just looked oh, sure, at it yeah. because. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my wife and I run a newspaper, and we, we get so much grief on the basis of uh, headlines for articles from people that have clearly never read them. Nope. It's like, you know, they'll, they'll write completely outraged letters. It's like, just please, you know, can't you take five more minutes and see what that was about? Um, so, yeah, people people get pretty extreme. Yeah. They do. Do, do, yeah. do you care about your reviews then? Like, I don't mean it like you don't care about what people think or if they like it or not, but do you, do you actually uh, check them out every day and make sure you're okay? Or <laughs> I, I Not every day, for sure, because I'd probably go insane. Um, I do check them out from time to time. I don't make it my... Every single day I have to be loved, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. but it's nice to read the great words and it's nice to see good reviews and it's nice, also nice to get feedback to say, oh, hey, you know what? This isn't really the way you wrote it. It's okay, but that's not right. So, you know, it's good to have the feedback. It's just, like I say, it's the troll things that can get you down if you really pay close attention to them. I actually had somebody write a review, and they said that they hated the main character, they hated the story, 
but they could totally relate to the main character. And they just wow. kind of went, I have no idea what that means. But Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's like they, they would prefer it if they had, uh, to, it, it sounds like envy, like they prefer it if they had been the one to execute it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've had, yeah. I, I can top that. I've had people say that they lost their luggage at the airport. On on a review. <laughs> oh, that was it. That was, they just happened to bring that up during. Yeah, the and I was thinking, yeah, well, so what does that got to do? Yeah, with what are you talking about? Yeah. This is like you had a bad day at the airport, and so yeah. you're writing it as a review, but it makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it's not very helpful. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, you know, I think it usually comes from envy. Do you agree with that, Diane? Like when it comes right right down to it, I mean, uh, why would you sit on the internet and just start hating on people? Oh, that's it. It's just write your own book. Like, put all that yeah. into something, you know, that you can actually use. Yeah, productive, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that called the Turner Diaries or something? <laughs> 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 write all your hate into a book. You know? Right, that was the one. That's the, oh, yeah. Isn't that the one? <laughs> God, yeah, yeah. it's just some nasty stuff. Hey, so yeah. when things are really rough um, around you, like, you know, I always say this, for so for the last year and year plus, you know, all the – tensions around us and canada you know you got covid and you've got anti-maskers and you've got donald trump and you've got all this stuff going on um does that seep into your writing i've really tried not to let it and especially with the cozy genre i've kind of kept it out of my books right now just because people need an escape they need a break you know, even watching television shows and everybody's running around with their masks and and there's like kind of hate speak and stuff. <laughs> I turn it off. Like, yeah, we just we all need a break. Yeah, I think that's a great way of describing it. I actually during the midst of the chaos with COVID, I was hired by a client to a to uh, edit her cozy mystery. And I, you know, when I went into it, I was like cringing. I was like, I don't know if I can get into this. I'm not gonna, you know, I'll do the job. But this is gonna be you know, like, like hard for me, but then, uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. I was like, wow, this is, it's great. Cause it taps into such, like you said, a place of, uh, escapism. So I think it's a really positive genre to work in. Yeah. I, I'm really enjoying it for sure. So do you think that, um, so if bad things are happening around you, um, you'll tend to write lighter rather than darker. Is that it? For now, I Maybe eventually I'll write something on the darker side, like that is there, and I have notes and stuff. But mm. for now, as I said, like it's a great escape. It's just you put yourself in a whole different little world, and you don't worry about vaccines and all that yeah. stuff. So, you know, you just kind of can live in a different place for a while. Well, let me yeah. tell you, you need to put it, you, you should write a character into this story, into this series, and call him uh, Bill Gates. And he's going around putting in computer chips. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to stab us with those so they can follow us. And that could be kind of like in the background. <laughs> until maybe. Don't, don't give away your good ideas now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Book seven or eight, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, save that for later in the series. Right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, down the road, down the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have a fashion uh, sense? Do you really love fashion yourself? Is that why it's involved in this story? I like what I like. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not one of those that I hang on every new trend and, and that sort of thing. 
We have a show, uh, Fashion Runway, I've watched a couple of times just to get a feel for the fashion industry and stuff and, and how they create things, which some of them I'm going, yeah, I clean my floor with some of those, but um, I always find it fascinating the people that live and die by fashion. So I think that was because of that, my main characters, they have this vintage clothing store. So they keep the stuff that they truly love and hopefully their customers truly love as well. Pretty, pretty interesting. So who are your favorite writers? Other than Eric. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've read so many different authors, um, and I'm reading one right now, and I don't have the book in front of me. He's a Spanish writer, and I just absolutely love his book. Um, It's called The Shadow of the Wind, and I can't think of his name offhand. Is it does it state do you stay in mysteries like when you read other people's? I read a little bit of everything. I you know horror mystery. Um, I've just had a couple of kids books I was reading to review for someone. Um, I I'm pretty open with genres, so I find I learn a lot from different genres as well. So I don't just stay within mystery or I love thrillers. So it's just this is my area that I prefer to write right now. So his name, by the way, the shadow of the wind is Carlos Ruiz de Font. Thank you. That's yeah. it. Wonderful um, book. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I, I feel um, my take, I'd like to hear your opinion, Diane. My take on a uh, different genres is that each one is just really a different emotion. I mean, like you said, you were uh, getting into the swing of things with fantasy. I mean, I just feel that regardless of the genre, not that each one can't be mastered or doesn't have different complexities, but I think uh, the re- its reason for existing generally is the emotional state it puts you in. Do you, do you see it that way, or what is your take on that? Yeah, I love that. That's 100%. You know, you get the cozy, the romantic, and the, yeah. you know, the fear-based. Everybody right. likes to get horror now and then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I think horror is important from that standpoint. I mean, everybody knows what it's like to have a nightmare. So it's just that it's that side of humanity. But in the, in the cozy sense, it is. It's, there's a, a, a romance side. I love that they're called cozies, too, because that, that is such a good feeling, just to feel cozy in a blanket by the fireplace. And that's, that's very appealing. That's it. Rainy day, yeah. I'm in. Rainy day. Um. No, no. Alice never done that. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm just a nasty. Of <laughs> course, a course individual. Yeah, of course. That's it. That's it. Well, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. Now, do you have a website and a place that you want people to come find you, and if they want to stalk you, maybe? Oh, for sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my website is pens pet pens paintsandpaper.com and uh, my blog I actually do a blog where and it's debater at blogspot and I do a blog called escape with the writers so I'm always promoting other writers as well so they are stalking me (laughs) because they want to be on my blog so (laughs) it's always a great place to meet new writers and find out about new books and new releases so do you, what do you think of the publishing world nowadays? You know, with Amazon and everything going on, do, do you like it uh, better now? 
it's it makes it tougher for certain levels of authors. I mean, anybody can write a book, do spell check, and put it on Amazon, and you're never guaranteed a good book. Yeah, I've read a few that I, they would be great books if they had somebody to edit. And yeah. you know, that's that's a huge thing is people think they can just write it, put it up there, and they'll sell a zillion copies, right? And then you get people that are going through publishers, and right, my publisher is kind of small to medium in size, so it's tougher for us to get into the market and to do big sales because of all of these other books that people are going, oh, buy my book, it's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, actually. You get um, people that um, know you write a book, and they'll say that to you at a book signing or something, and then they go, uh, what what advice do you give them? And you you say, well, get a really good editor. Get someone that can proofread and edit your stuff. That is good advice. You know, and, yeah. and, but then I had a lady turn to me and say, well, I can't do that. And then I said, why? And she said, well, because this story comes from God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you win. you win, sure, whatever. You know, I mean, if God's speaking to you and you're writing his book, then you don't need to talk to me. It's kind of like, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, uh, go with God's advice. Yeah, yeah, he's he's better at it than I am. Really. I mean, you know, I, I barely I barely get by. So yeah. So what's next for Diane? What's next? I'm just writing the next book. There's always another book. How long does I've, it take um, you to do one of these? Um, pardon me. How long does it take you to write one of these books? It like just the depends. Um, I've been I've done uh, NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month in November, and I've written a complete novel in a month. Otherwise, we're looking at maybe six to twelve months. Wow! What What do you find the most difficult thing about it? Editing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> As always. Find it, um, do you, why do you find it difficult? Is, is it dull? Is it just? Uh, Playing flat out hard, or how does that work? It, it's actually reading the book and going, I can't believe I spelt that that way. Uh, stuff like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just looking back and going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I made that mistake. Oh, why did that guy suddenly have dark hair instead of blonde hair? You know? Oh, yeah. Those well, God bless, God bless you for doing it. A lot of the authors you're talking about never get there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be. Uh... So what do you think? Is, is the story the most important thing? in the book or is it more about the phrasing and the editing um they go hand in hand really like if you have a good story that's well edited your your readers are going to love it you know if you have a great story but your editing is horrible they might not get past the first page so they'll never know how good your story was you think, yeah. Do you think people are better at, at, at writing and reading today than they were, let's say, 40 years ago? No, because I think they're too impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. And, and the whole texting thing, I, there, there's some pretty wicked spelling out there. Oh, yeah. You know, that laziness, kind of, I think. Um, but, you know, what do I know? I'm the blonde one. 
um, when, I, when I have here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you just managed to hit like three really uncomfortable buttons at once. Well, that's yeah. that's what I do. Yeah. Um, well, Diane, it's been a real pleasure, and um, glad you came on the show. Um, the, the book we were talking about is All That Shines, and it's the Glitter Bay Mysteries book two. And uh, the the guest, our guest, has been Diane Bader, who who writes this. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you guys. This has been a lot of fun. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.